Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is the founder of The Call of Treats, Ms. Tashana Phillips. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. We we met in one of the weirdest ways. Um, I was on somebody else live, and they was promoting your business, and I ended up coming to your page, and, I, and, and you had some really good treats, and I was like, well, I'll go ahead and support and I bought some cookies and man those things was good <laughs> thank you for I appreciate that uh, oh you know every time people order things I um typically ask them what do they think of them not for the approval you know but for the fact of just the the criticism to just like be able to um continue to just protect my craft you know so do anybody ever give you any feedback Yes. Oh man. What I so I did a king cake the other day and it just did not turn out the best. A what what was it? A king cake. Oh a king cake. King cake. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So if anybody knows anything about bread, it definitely can be a challenge. Was that your first time trying it? That was my first time. And I, I did let my customer know. So they definitely gave me a lot, lots of grace. Lots of <laughs> Definitely let me know that um, it just it exactly wasn't what they were looking for when it came to the original king cake. And I told them I was like, all right, cool. I understand. I'm gonna keep working on this because it's just one of those things where you just don't let these things beat you. You know. So I'm curious, what did what was his feedback? He's oh god, he said it was a failure. Okay. I don't know if you baked it too long or what like he he sent me a video and it was the funniest thing and so when i egg washed my bread that consisted of like crusting over as well so that that's basically what happened and i was like i understand i get it so it's supposed to be softer so it's it's like a cinnamon roll but not a cinnamon roll if that makes sense so how did you feel when he gave you the feedback um I felt like it was a challenge. Okay. So you wasn't upset then? No, 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 no. Because like I said, he knew that it was my first time as well and that I had never tasted it. So with that being said, there was definitely lots of grace there in that process. And so, of course, you know, you don't overcharge people and you don't undercharge as well. So it wasn't a price issue either. You get what I'm saying? It was just more of the quality of the product. Because it was your first time, were you confident making it? I was. I did a video on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I did a video on everything. And I was like super proud. And I'm still super proud of it. Because a lot he called when he called and asked about it. I was like, oh yeah, like I'll, that's something that I'm willing to do or whatever. Because a lot of the other bakeries were like, no, we're not doing nothing like that. You know, like they didn't even give them a chance. They were like, click, no. Click, no. You know? So when I took the challenge, he was just like, well, I mean, you're eager, so let's let's figure this thing out. When do you think you'll try to make another one? Um, so like I was saying before, I'm in the transition of moving into a new place. So with that being said, it's just going to take maybe in the next couple of weeks because I want to start working more on bread, so I can provide bread in my bakery. Fresh okay, bread. okay. Let's talk about the beginning. How did you get into baking? So getting into baking, I was like five, five or six with my great, my great grandparents. And um, they used to bake 
from home. So down here, well, in here in Maryland, there's cottage food laws, which allow you to bake, bake at home. And so what they would do is bake home, take it to the flea markets and stuff. So that kind of like, like sparked a fire in me as a young girl. So after that um, process in my life, I went on to high school and continued culinary arts. Then I graduated from community college with a culinary arts and hotel motel degree. When did you know you were really good at it? Um, it just came as an ease, you know, like a lot of people. So there's always comparison somewhere, right? Um, a lot of people were like, well, Tashana, you know, I like the way you do this. And it came from repeatedly doing things, but also the approval of, oh, yeah, this is good. Oh, no, like, let's trash that because we don't like that. So just test kitchen, you know, testing things out, competing in high school. What did you bake that? What was the first, what was the dish that you baked that gave you the most confidence? The banana pudding cake. Mm. Yeah, the banana pudding cake was one of those things. I was actually working at the Holly Center. So here in Salisbury, I was working at the Holly Center and I had seen something on Pinterest. I was like, let me try this out. So I did and it was definitely a hit. And that's kind of like what put me on the map for the people. The people were they like at school or? I'm sorry. You said it put you on the map with the people like at your school or in the community? Where? No, with the community. With the community and the people who I work with. It was a it was a, a major hit. How old were I you? Never had nothing like that. How old were you? Um, I was maybe 24, 25. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you were okay. Because I, I was wondering, because you started so young, I was wondering, did this happen when you were a kid or no, 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 no. So this happened after college and all the things when I got my first state job. Yeah. So this happened in 2015. Okay. Where did you go to college? I started at the Art Institute of Atlanta for culinary. And um, that was a funny story. My, <laughs> my roommate, my, yeah, my old roommate set the kitchen on fire. <laughs> <laughs> she set the kitchen on fire. And blamed it on me and my other roommate. And um, yeah, so I ended up not getting kicked out of school, but I got kicked out of housing. So I finished uh, at Warwick Community College, which is a great community college down here. Wow. So you, oh, so you got kicked out of housing. So you had to come back. Yeah, because um, the R Institute is in Georgia. It's like 12 hours away. What was your, what was your uh, family reaction when you had to come back home? Um, it was more of, it was more moral support of like, you're, you're not a failure, you know, like things happen. Um, things could have been a little bit different. So they wasn't really disappointed. Oh no, heck no, no, oh. no, no, because I'm a first in my family for a lot of things, you know? So whatever I tried for the most part, like they're down. <laughs> Were you were you nervous that you wouldn't finish? Um, I was at the time because I really felt like I had failed on the inside. Because I'm like, you know, I moved away. Like Salisbury is such a small place. Like nobody wants to be here. Just listening to all the hype of friends and family. Like it's nothing here. It's nothing here. Blah 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 blah. But at the same point in time, it was just like I've been here ever since since 2010. 
and look where I'm at now, you know? Yeah. Let's, I want to, you know, let's go to um, the business portion of um, the collar treats because one thing that interests me is that you actually ship some of your products. How, how, do, how do you manage to do that? Because that's, I didn't think that would work. So it's basically a science to everything, right? And the packaging is the most important thing to making sure that you ensure the safety of, of everything. So I was like, all right, well, cool. I can't ship my cakes, but I can ship cake jars. Cake jars, you know, they can take a little bit of rough and tough because Lord knows how your cake is going to come if it comes in the mail. You know, they don't, they're not going to. You can put a fragile one there all day, all 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 day long, but it's just one of those things where it's just not going to make it the way that it's pictured, you know. So the cake jars were one of the things. I was like, all right, well, cool. I'll um, do my cake jars because they can take the tussle, and my cookies. I can ship my cookies in specific containers, and my cookies will also survive as well. What was it? What was it like the first time you shipped? Was you nervous because you know that's a that's a big process because. You know, when you're cooking, I'm sure you was worried about the freshness, the taste. So was that a, was that a, um, did that make you anxious? The first time I shipped was actually not cookies or cake jars. It was actually cupcakes. All the way to Georgia in the heat. Ooh. My recipient left the cupcakes in the, um, in the mailbox for like two days. she, when she got them, she said, can I be honest with you? It was it was a friend of mine. So it was like, just, hey, I want to send this to you. I want to see how, how it's going to turn out. So like, I need you to video call me and all the things so I can see this. She said that when she received them, it literally looked like Ace Ventura had picked, had like had the box and kicked it. You remember <laughs> Ace Ventura where he had the box and he was shaking it? And when I seen them lamp, I was like, oh man, yeah, this is not going to work. So that's how I knew, like, we needed, I needed to come up with some type of system that would work. But the freshness and all the things, so, like, my processing is between three and four days, I usually ask. And that way I can get that stuff shipped out almost, like, that next day, if not the same day, um, for those cookies and cake jars, you know? Okay, so, so, so basically from that experience, you learned not to ship cupcakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about to try so <laughs> that's but but see here's the thing they used to i just don't have access to the supplier that has these proper cupcake holders that will allow you to do that and so i've looked and looked and looked and reached out to my business coach and they just they don't they don't sell them anymore for the most part oh so they don't even sell them anymore like I said, I don't have access to it, but that doesn't mean that other companies, I know other companies ship them, but I don't have access to their supplier, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned that you had a job with the state. What exactly was your job? So my job with the state was a food service worker. And this facility was a facility for those who have special needs. So it was the residents who had special needs and we would feed them. So the process would consist of like ground food, different textures of foods, different thickeners and things like that. So everything was just about catered to each and every individual. Hmm. What did you, were you able to like use your skill set in this job or? They had me as a food prep and 
ladies really didn't care too much for me when I first got there. I don't know if it was just like first job jitters. I mean, like job jitters, like we don't know who this girl is, you know, like we got to fill her out. Like we're going to be a little mean to her and see how she, how she does. Basically kind of like jumping you in without jumping you in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I didn't really touch too much on the baked goods or the sweets or anything like that because everything was catered to the individuals and what they required for their meals. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to get my facts straight. Did you work in a prison or? I did. Okay. That was my last job. That was your last job. Okay. That was my last career. Okay. I wanted you to talk more about that experience. Sure. So um, as a correctional officer, I was a correctional officer from for about four and a half years up until August 2020. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. You were a correctional officer? Correctional dietary. Uh, You know what? Okay. Before you go more in depth, please describe what that is. Okay. So as a dietary officer, we still have the status of a correctional officer. We just dealt with the food side of the prison or the jail. So that's basically all that is. Oh, okay. It's just a different department. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so you can go ahead and proceed. Yeah, so August 2020, I was there up until August 2020, which is about four and a half years. Um, When I first got there, Everything was real, real cool because we had about maybe 300 and some inmates as the job at, in the beginning of the job. It was a little rough because I think it was my second day that I was there. The one who was supposed to be training me ended up getting hurt because they would have basketball games. And so he got hurt. And so the next morning, which was a Wednesday, we used to have pancakes Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. It's my first time ever in a jail. Mm. So can you imagine cooking almost 600 some pancakes? Yeah. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So the assistant warden had to come in and assist me. And um, I made it. I definitely survived. But it was it was definitely a transition. I'm like, oh, my God, the person who's supposed to be trained to me, like, what am I supposed to be doing here? You know, like so now you got the staff looking up, looking at you like we got some of the best food on the Eastern Shore when it comes to jails because the officers cook. The inmates did not. That's very, very very rare. Mm. So so already I had a standard that I needed to meet for the inmates and the officers. Okay, this (laughs) this is going to sound this going to sound kind of harsh, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Why is the inmate standard matter? I'm just curious. To a certain extent, it mattered because they, um, just to hear them talking about like specific things or whatever the case may be, that the jail that I um, I worked at was so small, like a lot of people knew, a lot of people knew everybody basically, except for me, because I was I worked in a different, I mean, I lived in a different county. So the inmates, it, I mean, I guess I would say it didn't really matter, but I would hear it because I literally worked right beside the inmates. They're like, oh, Miss Phillips, this is nasty. oh miss phillips this this person do this like that because i literally like like i said when i first came in i had to have some of these inmates right directly beside me to assist me on how to cook specific things the inmates yes okay because typically when you go to a prison the inmates are the ones who cook they prep they do all the things like i said they didn't all those inmates did 
at the jail was prep food and serve food when it came to them going out on the block and come back and clean up. So was it because, okay, you know what, now I I think it kind of hit me, but I just want you to confirm it. Like cooking is an art. So basically no matter who is presented to, you still want your work to be good, correct? Exactly. Okay, okay. It's definitely something you got to be passionate about and understand that food is a science. It's not just an art, it's also a science. Hmm, what do you mean by that? So like baking, um, when it comes to like baking soda, baking powder and all the things, right? There's scientific um, notions that that have to play out in this process of baking. So just understanding like, you know, okay, so say for instance, we cooking, right? We cooking fried chicken. You know, you could just throw some flour, throw some seasonings and all the things in there and your chicken to come out pretty decent. Yeah. With baking, everything has to be leveled out. It has to be measured the correct way because if not, the science that happens while in the process of baking won't, won't go. So, you know, some people come out with cakes that are super flat. Some people's cakes dome over. It's a science to it because it just lets you know whether you um, overmix this cake, you didn't let this cake bake long enough, you know? So those are the science aspects that I'm speaking of. Oh, okay. Hmm, that's interesting because I've never, so I've never tried to bake anything. Of course I've cooked, but I've never attempted to bake anything. It's actually fun. If you love it, it's fun. But here's the thing. I went to, like I said, I went to school for culinary arts. I originally went to school for food, cooking food and managing hotels and stuff. Ah, yeah. which one is easier, cooking or, for you, cooking or baking? I, I think they both come at ease, to be honest. I really you, believe they both come at ease because I, I enjoy both of them. The same, at the same level or you enjoy one a little more? No, I enjoy both of them about the same level. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, why didn't, because you went to college and you finished, why didn't you pursue your career in that field, like cooking the hotels instead of doing, um, working for the state? I honestly, I actually, so before I went to the jail and before I got to the Holly Center, I worked at Chipotle. I worked in at Market Street and on the back end in the kitchen um, doing steaks. So there was a time in my life that I had worked behind the scenes doing food, regular food. It was just, like I said, once I made this transition at home, like I said, with the laws and stuff like that, you can't sell food. You can't sell heated food like chicken and all the things from your house. But in Maryland, you can do cottage foods, which is your cakes and cupcakes and things like that with ease and with no problem. So I had to pick and choose my battle, right? That's how I ended up getting more into the baking. And I'm like, all right, well, cool. And now I understand the art. And I also understand the the therapy that happens while I'm baking. Ah, okay, okay. Now, eventually you left the, uh, the, the prison. What made you leave? Mentally, I was not in a good place. I no longer felt safe. Um, and once you go to school, like when you go to the academy or whatever, they tell you when you no longer feel safe, it's time for you to leave. And so just like a few of the things that I didn't feel safe with was the mold in the kitchen. 
Um, I had two surgeries while I was working there at the jail for allergies. And mm. ever since I left the facility, I've had, I haven't even been to the ENT doctor. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it, it's little things like that, but also I had a tongue in. So I would say 2018, I believe it is. I started getting closer to God and I began to ask God um, to just deal with my heart. Right. And so during that transition, I began to realize that me talking to these inmates was a ministry. It was a, I was able to communicate with these guys and see what was going on in their lives and also just show them God's love by spreading his word, but also just being kind to them. Because even though they, um, they did break law, we still have been taught that that is not, we're not there to punish them, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a whole process. It really is a mental process. And and just to see the injustice on both sides of just some injustice things of officers on how we were treated and then also how the inmates can and will have and have been treated. Mm. You know, so I was just like, all right, well, cool. I feel as though God is calling me to do something bigger and better than where, where I am now, because easily you can get caught. You can be. Let me see how I can say this. You can easily get caught up for fraternizing with, with, um, inmates. Okay. So to protect myself and not get caught up in that. And when I say fraternizing, I'm speaking about just understanding how did they get there? What happened to them and how, how could someone help them on the outside? Because I wasn't able to do that. I was limited in what I was able to do. Okay. okay. So that's kind of like what pushed me out as well, because I knew that these people needed help beyond where I am now or where I was as a correctional officer. Mm. You Now you said you didn't feel safe, but you mentioned, but it was more like things kitchen and health wise. Did the inmates ever make you not feel safe or? No, it wasn't even the inmates. It was, just, it was, um, admin. They, I just, just, just those things that, just some things I would see them do to other people. And it's just like one of those things where eventually you will become that person. Uh, okay. So to prevent that, I, I needed to remove myself. And I, like I said, I just didn't feel like I could trust any of the administration staff. So I had to, it was just one of those, like I said, it was just one of those situations where mentally I no longer felt safe. Wow. And from there, that's when you launched the college treats, correct? No, the Carter Streets was launched in 2018 officially. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let me say this. So you got, but you, is it safe to say you got more in depth with it, like full time? Yes. Okay. Yep. okay. But I will say this, although I did not feel safe at the job, the job was a good job. It was good when it came to the benefits. It was good to, to meet the needs and also help boost the Carlos Streets the way to where it is now. You know, so it's not, it wasn't all bad. And the experience was more personal than it was me dealing with these people. It was more for me to grow, you know? So, I I mean, we know it was, we know that it was important for you to leave for health reasons and your sanity, but how did you get the courage to leave? Lots of prayer. Lots of prayer, lots of uh, prepping, and when I say prepping, like making sure my expenses and stuff were down to the bare minimums, making sure. Um, so yeah, finances played a major thing. 
in, in that transition. Man. But um, yeah. So just make up, like I said, just making sure I prayed about the situation because it wasn't something I was just like, oh yeah, I'm quitting. I literally had gotten to my last straw to where I would be in the kitchen and I would be crying in front of the inmates. And that was not a good thing. How long did the whole process take for you to actually, you know, because I mean, the seed gets planted in your mind and then you start praying on it and then it actually happens. So how long would you say that whole process was? I would say maybe eight months. Okay. Damn, that's a long Because time. I debated and debated and debated and debated. Like I talked it out, you know, with certain people. And like I said, it just was one of those things where <coughs> I was able to trust God fully in this process than trust man's opinion about something when I knew what the outcome was if I continued to stay there. So you had people discouraging you from trying to leave? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time, right? I actually was in a position where I could have took time off. Like, I did take time off. I took a month off mentally. And when I got back, it just was the same exact thing. It was the same exact thing, the same pressure, the same stress. Like, because I ended up having to take anxiety medication. Damn. <laughs> yeah, like, I really would get around certain people and the energy would just set me off. And I would be like, I would be so anxious when I got to work. And it wasn't like that at first. But you know, when you get to certain places and you begin to see the back in details and then it's like, oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. So what was that feeling like when, when you first walked away? Oh, I was relieved. You had no idea. Like the relief I felt once I just put my two weeks notice in too. <laughs> when I put my two weeks notice in, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I'm almost free. But I still had to maintain. I still had to be professional. Mm -hmm. I couldn't just do whatever I wanted to do because, first of all, I didn't want my name to be um, messed up in any type of way because I, I was a good officer. I did exactly what needed, what needed to be done. Anytime they had um, a call and it needed, I was there. Even though they didn't require much of the kitchen staff, I still was a correctional officer at the end of the yeah. day. You also, one of the things that you've mentioned is when you get your, when you do you, your, one of the goals of your business is to help entrepreneurs, I mean, I'm sorry, not um, ex-cons find work. So I wanted you to elaborate more on that. Oh, sure. So um, with the Carla Streets, I am in the process of working on a system to bridge the gap between the community and ex-cons. So that, that kind of basically looks like me hiring them, you know, like building a system to where I can hire them, go, go through proper screenings, um, making sure they get federally bonded as a, just an insurance type coverage for themselves. And, um, yeah, so I, I really don't want people to be like, it's not for everybody, because I know everybody's not going to be able to make the cut. It's just what it is. But it's one of those things where at least I can try, you know? So like my, I have a, someone that works with me, beside me from time to time, and she's an ex-con. Wow. So it's just one of those things where you, you have to get started, right? So I just want them to understand that here's a door open for you of course, don't take advantage of it. But like I said, some people will. And that's a process within itself. 
but I want them to know that there is a, a opportunity out there for them that does not look at them because of their past. Because you actually had a chance to talk with so many inmates. How, how, do you, how important do you feel it is for them to have something to look forward to when they get out? It's, it's, I'll say this, their main things that they need when they get out are license, making sure that they have, like, well, at least an ID, you know, making sure that they have their birth certificate, um, social security card and all the things so they can return back to life. But nine times out of 10, you know, you, as soon as you get out, you got to return back to parole. That if you get out that weekend, you got to return to parole on Monday. So not having a ride. So the things is just making sure that they have what they need to get to the next chapter of their life. Most of them don't. And so I just basically want to, like I said, build that system to be able to help get them into back into society a lot smoother than had not having that transition there. Hmm. I want to get you out of here on this um, because everything you went through is very important. I ask, are you happy where you're at now? I am. I, when I say ha like, I have joy is what I'll say. Because happiness, you know, it, it fluctuates according to what you have going on. So I have peace in where, where, where I am. I feel my spirit feels a lot more full in being able to show up for my family, to be able to show up for myself and speak for myself and know that this isn't something that I'm doing in vain and that the impact will be global. My mm -hmm. why, my why is so much greater than, than me, you know, like if, if it takes for me to be the sacrifice at this moment, then that's what I'll be. So I'm very happy with my choices. Well, I thought that was my closing question, but now I have to ask, <laughs> what, what is your, what is your why? Because I know somebody's wondering. Yeah. So um, also, I wanted to tell you too, uh, just a little background about the Carlos treats. Mm -hmm. Carlos comes from my dad, Darnell, and my aunt Carla. They um, passed. They passed years ago. So, with that being said, the Carlos treats was formed, uh, and their legacy lives on every single time someone purchases something. Wow. So it's it's so wrapped. In, my why is so wrapped into all the things. Like, yes, it benefits me but it also leaves legacy too. And then it opens the door for opportunity for so many other people when those doors have been shut. Mm, that's a great why. <laughs> yeah, and so, so every day I get up and, and I'm fueled to do this because people are waiting on me, you know? Right. But when I worked at the jail, it was people that are waiting on me that I couldn't really help beyond feeding them and encouraging them. Now I can make a difference. Wow. I'm really, listen, we, we've talked before offline um, and I've also had the pleasure of doing business with you. So it's really been an honor and pleasure to have you on the podcast. I greatly appreciate you. I really oh, do. and before I forget, let me say, the cookies that you sent was amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, look, these cookies... If you don't try nothing else, try these cookies. These cookies are really good. Those cookies was amazing. You know, it what was really funny. You was like, um, what you ask me? You said, is there anything you recommend? I'm like, uh, I'm not a baker. I, I, don't I, know, I just eat them. <laughs> <laughs> I just eat them. I was like, well, all right, cool, cool, cool. 
Like, I don't know how to own that a big cookie, so my opinion don't matter. I can tell you they was great. That's about all I can eat. I'm glad you enjoyed those. I really am. Because, but, of, you know, a lot of people, they pay prices for stuff that the quality just is not there. And I don't want that for, for the people who um, encounter me or my business. I'll say this. Um the thing that I really enjoy about supporting you is because it's bigger than the product. You have something that you're trying to change the world with. So it's way more than a dessert. So that's why it's an honor supporting everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Before we close it, (laughs) definitely. Before we close, please tell the people how they can follow you and also how they can support the business. Cool. So everyone, you can go to thecarlastreets.com. That's D-E-C-A-R-L-A-S-T-R-E-A-T-S.com. And um, definitely make sure you read up about what we have going on. And also just a little bit more about me and the business itself. And um, you also can follow us on Instagram at thecarlastreets and Facebook at thecarlastreetsllc. All right. Again, I wish you all the best moving forward with the treats and the business that you're looking to do. Thank you. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.